Sadaqallahu al-Azim Wa sadaqa rasuluhu al-Nabiyyul Karim Wa nahnu ala thalika lamin al-Shahidin Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Respected ulama ikram Respected elders and brothers One point And one fact That every single human being Has to concede to and accept That is Our lives In this world Will be riddled with challenges Throughout our lives Every now and then We will go through some difficulty Some hardship Some problem in our lives And this is the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that is the nature of this world This world is called Darul Ibtila The world, the abode, the place of trials Tribulations and difficulties And we the Muslims are very very fortunate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the teachings, the divine teachings of Quran and Sunnah. We find in the Quran and Sunnah there is an answer, there is a solution to every single problem a person may face. And not only the spiritual problems a person may face, but other problems of this world that we encounter, we find in the Quran and Sunnah there is some sort of guideline, there is some sort of teaching to help us solve our problem and get out of the difficulty. Nowadays we find that one very, very co- common complaint of many, many people, not only in this country, but is a complaint of people around the world, is the complaint of financial difficulty, financial constraints. How many times people say, you know, I'm not breaking even, I can't come out, the cost of living is going, going, up, going up a lot, and the rest of it. Now those people out there, the non-Muslims who don't have the teachings of Quran and Sunnah, when they now face this kind of problem, this kind of difficulty, because they are deprived of the teachings of Quran and Sunnah, so sometimes they resort to solutions which in their minds they think will solve the problem, but many times it only, many times it only compounds the problem and makes it a bigger problem. So a non-Muslim will go through some difficulty, some hardship, so then maybe he will approach the bank and ask for an interest-bearing loan, which will compound his problem, make his problem bigger. Or sometimes the people will engage in fraud, embezzlement, in theft, stealing from others, other underhand tactics to try to accumulate wealth. And sometimes a person, may Allah save us, a person just wants to run away from all his problems, and then the person commits the worst act, the ghastly act of taking his own life, the person commits suicide. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with the Qur'an, with the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And we find in the Qur'an and Sunnah, and I wish to share with you today, we find there are numerous points from Qur'an and Sunnah, wherein we have been taught that if you will follow these steps, you will abide by this, you will inculcate these teachings, then inshallah the promise of the Qur'an and the promise of the Hadith Sharif, and this is the most, the most true things you can get are the words of the Qur'an and the Hadith. It promises that Allah ta'ala will alleviate, Allah ta'ala will remove, our, our financial difficulties and our financial woes. So before I discuss uh, these points with you, my dear respected elders and brothers, there's two important things for us to understand. One, number one, is that when it comes to our financial lives, then instead of us wanting to accumulate bigger numbers, you know, they say instead of us wanting to fatten our bank balance, uh, accumulate more, how we can make it 100 rand into 200 rand, and how we can make it 200 rand into 300 rand, more than worrying about that, we should be worried about attracting barakah, attracting barakah, attracting Allah's blessings into our wealth. 
because even a, a large amount of money, a large amount of wealth, but that wealth is deprived, is devoid of barakah, of Allah's blessings, then you'll find that person will have a large amount of wealth, he'll spend, he'll spend, he'll spend, and then he'll look back and he'll wonder where all the money went. And you have nothing to show for it. But on the other hand, a person may not have a large amount of money. He may not have a large amount of wealth. But that wealth has barakah. He has attracted, he has done those things that has attracted Allah Ta'ala's barakah. Barakah means al-khayrul kathir. Al-khayrul kathir means something that has a lot of goodness in it, a lot of good in it. That is barakah. So that wealth that has barakah will go a long way. The person may not have a lot, but because it has barakah, all inshallah, all his needs will be taken care of. And inshallah, he won't have a small amount to put behind and save. A small amount will go a long way. So instead of us wanting to accumulate big amounts and see how we can get more and more, look at how we can attract more barakat, more blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala into our wealth. That is why you find in the life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi alayhi salatu wa sallam never ever made dua for the increase in wealth. But he made dua, وَبَالِكْ لِي فِي مَا ta'ala, grant me barakah, grant me your blessings in whatever you have granted me. Allah, the, the, the dua of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahumma fill li dhambi, wasi'a li fi dari, wa barik li fi rizki. Allah ta'ala forgive my sins, Allah give me a comfortable spacious home, wa barik li fi rizki. And Allah ta'ala bless me in my rosy, in my risk and my sustenance. That is why we find that in time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yes we accept and we concede that there may not have been a lot in the life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There may not have been a lot of wealth in the life of Nabi sallallahu especially in the early days of Islam. But the little that Nabi alayhi wa had and the Sahaba had went a very very long way. Hazrat Jabir bin Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the great companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions at the time of the battle of Khandaq, which is a very very difficult time for Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam and the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum Allah ta'ala says about it وَبَلَغَتِ الْقُلُوبُ الْحَنَاجِرِ that the, 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 the hearts of the Sahaba were in their throats it's a very very frightening time for Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala added to the fright of the enemy also Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam and the Sahaba were going through a lot of poverty there was abject poverty at that time if you may see the incident of Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam and the Sahaba having stones and rocks tied to their bellies to try to overcome the hunger. So that that occasion, Jabir radiallahu ta'ala says, he went, I go to my house, I tell my wife, that Nabi alayhi salatu wa I can see is very, very hungry. Do we have something, maybe some sort of food we can prepare, a humble meal we can prepare, and serve to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and serve to a handful of the companions of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa So she says, yes, we have a baby goat, a kid, a baby goat, and we have some, some barley, and maybe we can slaughter that baby goat, prepare the meat, little about, little amount of meat, and that barley, we can crush that barley and make some bread. So Al-Jabir then goes to the baby goat, he slaughters it, he skins it, he pieces it, and he puts it into a pot and puts it on top of the fire. And then he goes to his barley, he crushes the barley, and he prepares the dough, and now his wife tells him to go to Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, and very, very secretly, quietly, Tell Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam that we have prepared a very very small and humble meal for him and a handful, a few sahaba, a few of his companions. So he must select, he must choose which companions he wants to accompany him and he must come to our house and join us in this meal. So Jabir Allah goes to Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he whispers to Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, I prepared a very very small meal. Or Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi you come along and bring a handful of sahaba radiallahu ta'ala. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, instead of speaking only to a handful of people, he makes an announcement in the entire army. 
inna jadran qad sana'a lakum suran fahiyya ala bikum the jabir radiyallahu prepared a meal for you so let us now the army proceed to the house of jabir radiyallahu ta'ala jabir is now naturally worried he only have a small amount of food and yet the entire army is coming to the house to eat so he goes home he tells his wife she begins to worry allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam comes to jabir radiyallahu don't worry don't take the pot of meat off the of the fire and do not prepare that prepare the bread until i come allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to the house he goes to the pot of food for barakah fi wa barakah allah's nabi sallallahu makes dua for barakah and he blows over that food and then he goes to that door for barakah fi wa barakah he makes dua for barakah for barakah blessings and he blows over that door and tell jabir now prepare the bread bake the bread and serve the food has jabir bin abdullah and says wallahi on that day a hand full i thought that is prepared for a handful of people uqsimu billah ati qasam min allah this is sahih authentic narration of bukhari sharif i uqsim billah ati qasam min allah that a pot of food prepared for a handful of people allah's qasam 1000 people ate from a pot of food 1000 people ate from a pot of food and he says the more amazing thing the more amazing thing was they came the eight the eight the eight and went away and still our pot was brimming with food and still the bread was as though it had not been touched this my dear brother is what we call barakah a little that goes a long way so the first important point that when it comes to our financial lives our aim should not be to get big numbers our aim should be to live a life and inculcate those things in our lives that will bring barakah in our world that will bring allah's blessing into our world that's the first point And the second point my dear brothers the teachings that I want to share with you and likewise all the teachings of Quran and Sunnah the potency the strength of it depends upon how much yaqeen how much conviction we have upon the teachings of Quran and Sunnah the more a person has yaqeen when he's acting upon the teachings of Quran and Sunnah the more he has certitude conviction that this is the word of my Allah these are the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam whatever the promises will definitely happen the more yaqeen the more certitude the more conviction a person has the greater will be the effect of these amal and these teachings of quran and sunnah so those are two points first understand my dear brothers so some points inshallah my dear brothers that if we can inculcate in our lives allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah allah ta'ala bring barakah into our world and my dear brothers these teachings are very very simple sometimes allah forgive us for looking for answers in places other than the quran and sunnah sometimes we get duped and uh, we, we we get uh, we think that and the teaching this teaching are too simple uh, we need we have complex issues we have major issues so we need major answers we need complex answers whereas allah ta'ala has kept our solutions in the simple things in the simple teachings of quran and sunnah these are teachings are absolutely simple every single one of us sitting here will be able inshallah to act upon them the first thing and simple teaching the teaching of when we enter our homes enter our homes with the islamic greeting of assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh allah's nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told az anas bin malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu ya bunay idha dakhalta ala ahlik fasallim yakun barakatan alayka wa ala ahli baytika kama qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam oh ya anas oh lad when you enter your home 
enter your home with the greeting, Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. If you will do so, if you will do so, what happened? Yakun barakatan alik. Allah will open up the doors of barakat upon you, wa ala ahli baitika in your household. Quran Sharif tells us, فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بُيُوتًا فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ تَحِيَّةً مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ مُبَارَكَةً طَيِّبًا That when you enter your home, enter your home with the greeting of salam. Allah tells us, what is salam? تَحِيَّةً مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ It is a greeting that has been taught to us, has come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مُبَارَكَ It is a greeting that will bring baraka, tayyiba, it is a pure greeting. Regarding the issue of salam, we find in the hadith sharif, when Allah Ta'ala first created our father Adam والسلام, in Jannah, Allah Ta'ala to Adam in Jannah, you see the group of malaika that are sitting there, angels that are sitting there, go to them and greet them with the greeting of As-Salamu Alaikum. And listen very, very carefully to what reply they give to you. Because the reply they give to you will be your greeting and the greeting of your progeny to the day of Qiyam. So Adam complies, he goes to those malaika, As-Salamu Alaikum. They reply, Wa Alaikum As-Salam wa Rahmatullah. So this greeting of salam comes from Jinnah. Likewise, my dear brothers, in the Akhirah, may Allah bless every single one of us, every single person was Jannah. In Jannah, the greeting of the people to Jannah, tahiyyatun fiha salam, the greeting of the people of Jannah amongst themselves will be the greeting of assalamu alaikum. Likewise, when the malaika will come to the people of Jannah, wal malaika dilkhulun alayhi min kulli baab, salamun alayhi. The malaika will come to the people of Jannah and greet them with the greeting of salam. And my dear brother, on that glorious day, may Allah make every one of us see it, on that glorious day when Allah will give the people of Jannah the greatest favor. And that Allah Ta'ala will expose His beautiful countenance to the people of Jannah. At that time, the greeting of Allah Ta'ala, Salamun qawlam min Rabbil Rahim, Allah Ta'ala will also greet with the greeting of salam. So Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told Anas, when you enter your home, greet with the greeting of Jannah. Greet with salam, which is the greeting of Jannah. Just as in Jannah there is nothing but barakat, blessing, prosperity, use the greeting of Jannah in your home, and inshallah Allah will also bring prosperity and barakah into your home. So the first simple teaching, my dear brothers, when we enter our homes, enter our homes, the greeting of assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And look at how wholesome, my dear brothers, subhanallah, what teachings we have in Quran and Sunnah, what akhlaq we learn from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah forgive us for looking for answers in other places. The teaching of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam was when he entered his home, subhanallah, he would make salam in such a tone that if the person was asleep, a person would not be disturbed. But if the person was awake, it was audible enough for the person to hear the greeting and reply to the greeting of the greeting of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. So bear us in mind one adab, one etiquette, you enter home, do not enter, do not greet too loudly. If there's a chance that people might be sleeping maybe early in the morning or late in the evening, then greet in such a way, not too loud that people are disturbed, and not too softly that others awake and not hear you. That's the first thing. The second thing, my dear brothers, if we want to attract barakat in our wealth, in our financial lives, we have to adopt the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now many, many times, we hear this word taqwa, unfortunately some people have a distorted understanding of taqwa. They think taqwa means that a person abandons the world, gives up everything, he runs away, and he just lives a life as a hermit. This is not necessarily taqwa. Taqwa basically means, امْتِثَالُ أَوَامِرِ اللَّهِ وَاجْتِنَابُ نَوَاهِهِ at every juncture of my life, what does Allah want me to do? What does Allah want me to stay away from? This is taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a person may be at his business place. He may be working. He still may be turning. He may be ringing. But a person is conducting his business according to the way that Allah ta'ala wants him. 
to do his business, that person and that juncture has displayed the taqwa, the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person may be with his wife, may be intimate with his wife, but at that time he's following the teachings of Quran and Sunnah, at that time that person has adopted taqwa. He has the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a person at every juncture, every moment of his life, be at home, be it at school, be it at his workplace, wherever he may be, to fear Allah ta'ala, to act in a way that is pleasing to Allah ta'ala, that is taqwa, that is something that will bring barakat in the life of a person, in the world of a person. Allah ta'ala says in Quran Sharif, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ That that person who truly fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala will make a way out from every difficult situation. You're going through difficulty, you're going through hardship, adopt taqwa, Allah will make a way out. A way out. Allah Ta'ala says, and I will provide from you, for you, for you, from avenues that you least expected. You never expected that, that amount of money you're coming. From the side of Allah, Allah Ta'ala will send it to you. Under the commentary of this verse in Tafsir ibn Kathir is mentioned, there was a sahabi by the name of Awf bin Malik al-Asya'i radiallahu ta'ala. Awf was the son, Malik was the father. So the, fa- the son, Awf, was taken captive by the enemy. So the father, Malik, he was going through extreme poverty at that time. He comes to Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Nabi of Allah, I'm going through abject poverty and added to my problems, now my son has been taken captive by the enemy. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam just gives him one, two advice, O Malik, the father, be patient and fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you were fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the, the Malik goes back home, he tells his wife that Allah's Nabi has instructed us to be, to be patient and to adopt the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says now on the other hand, his son Mal Auf managed to escape from the enemy. And while escaping from the enemy, he, met, he comes across a large flock of animals belonging to the enemy. So he takes this large flock of animals along with him and now he arrives in Medina Munawwara. He comes to the house of his father, he knocks at the door of his father. His father is absolutely delighted to see his son has returned safely. And his son has brought with him this large amount of animals as well. So he says, oh my son, I'm happy to see you, but unfortunately, I will not take a single animal from here until I go to Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and ask him whether it is permissible for me or not to take these animals. He goes to Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, explains the entire incident to him. Allah's Nabi only replies, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ بَخْرَجَ وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ That person who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will make a way out for him. Allah has returned your son to you. Your son, your son to you. You feared Allah. Allah has provided this love for you. These animals are totally halal for you to take. There is the Messiah of fiqh behind it. It's not something for us to act upon when you wish to act upon. We are the rulings when we can and when we cannot. But in this occasion, Allah allowed him to partake of those animals. So have the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah ta'ala will provide for us. Allah will give us barakah and Allah will provide for us from, from, from sources that we least expect it. The third thing, my dear brothers, is to give up a life of sin. Is to a person to give up a life of sin. The Hadith Sharif mentions very, very clearly, A person is deprived of risk, rosy sustenance from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the sins that he perpetrates and the sins that he commits. Alamah Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziya, rahimahullah, mentions, he mentions that, 
amongst un, under the under the, the issues that deprive a person of barakat in his wealth, he mentioned amongst the reasons that risk, risk is the issue of kathratul zunub, a person living a life of sin. And he says, just as taqwa, as we discussed in the last point, taqwa attracts barakat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the barakat of Allah into the wealth of a person, not having taqwa, a person to commit sins, this deprives a person of the barakat and blessings in his wealth. And he says, a person cannot do anything more effective to bring the barakat of Allah Ta'ala into his wealth other than for the person to give up a life of sin. And one particular sin, my dear brother, the sin of zina. I was recently speaking to a person a few weeks ago, an elderly person, he told me, he told me himself, a normal person, not a scholar, not a hafiz in Quran, a very, very normal person. But through experience, through experience we realize, he told me that a person who commits sins, and especially sins, the sins of zina, that person will never ever see barakat in his wealth. This is his own experience. He told me himself, Allah has given him the tawfiq alhamdulillah to make tawbah and istighfar. He says, I was doing a lot of business. I was doing big business. But I was committing the act of zina. I was committing the act of zina. So I never ever saw any barakat. I never saw any blessings in that wealth. The money will come and go very very quickly. Until I changed my way of life, I gave up the sin, and now I am seeing a lot of barakah, a lot of blessings in my wealth. So especially the act of zina, my dear brothers, this deprives, and all sins like that, deprives a person of barakah in his risk. So the third thing, my dear brothers, is for a person to give up sins, and this will, inshallah, attract the barakah, the blessings of Allah's brother into the wealth of the person. The fourth thing, my dear brothers, is for a person to maintain family ties. For a person to maintain family ties. In the hadith sharif, is mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala created such a thing as family ties, that Allah ta'ala gave a shakal, He gave a form to the aspect of family ties, allowed it to become a body. And then this body, the shakal, this body of family ties stood up, and it pleaded to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala, I'm standing here today, and Allah is pleading to you, that you prevent me from being cut off by people. Save me from being cut off. Save people from cutting me off, from cutting family ties. So Allah Ta'ala pacified family ties and said, Oh family ties, does it not please you that that person who will maintain you, I will maintain him. That person who will look after family ties, I will look after that person. Allah Ta'ala says, but that person who will cut you off, I will deprive that person of my blessings. I will deprive that person of my of my barakah. He mentioned in the hadith sharif, that person who wants to live a long and prosperous life and see barakah and prosperity in his life, rahima, then that person must maintain family ties. It's a very, very sad thing, my dear brothers, in our communities today, the issue of cutting off family ties. Sometimes for petty, petty things, my dear brothers, years, months, and years go by. And sometimes an entire lifetime goes by, and brothers are not talking to each other, sisters are not talking to each other. And worse than that, my dear brothers, worse than that, people are actually cutting off ties with their own parents. May Allah save us from a day we cut off ties with our own parents. My dear brothers, there are certain sins, the repercussions of it we will only see in the akhirah, in the year after. And there are certain sins, the repercussions we will see in this world and the akhirah. And amongst those sins that a person will see the harms of it, the detriment of it in this worldly life is for a person to cut off ties and to hurt his parents. In the ayat, the Quran tells us that if your parents 
وإن جاهدك وحلا أنت سكبي ما ليس منك بعلم فلا تطيعهما وصاحبهما في الدنيا معروفة. But if your parents, if your parents have to tell you to commit the worst crime, there is no crime that is worse than the crime of shirk. If your parents tell you to commit the worst crime, the crime of shirk, at that time of course you cannot obey them and follow their instruction. وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا But that does not give you the right to be disrespectful with your parents and cut off ties with your parents. If you think about me, you think about me, but in this verse, Allah Ta'ala is, is Allah Ta'ala in, to put it in short and to put it simply, Allah is leaving no excuse for any human being to upset his parents. Allah is leaving no excuse. If they ask you to commit the worst sin, the worst sin still, you're not allowed to upset your parents. Allah has left no excuse for any child to disobey the parents, to, to, to be disrespectful and to hurt the parents. So my dear brothers, we want to see barakat in our lives. We want to see blessings in our world, then ensure we maintain family ties, and especially maintain ties with our parents, be good to our parents, serve our parents, make dua for our parents, make dua that Allah takes them away from this world, while our parents are pleased with us. And those of us whose parents have passed away, inshallah, we can continue to make dua for those parents. Inshallah, this will become a sadaqah jariya for our parents that the son, the child is continuing dua for their parents. And the last thing, my dear brothers, to bring barakat in our wealth, the other points, inshallah, we'll discuss at other times, is for us to be upright and to be fair in our business dealings and in our jobs. It's mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, is a lengthy hadith. We have no time to go into detail of this hadith. But subhanAllah, what a accurate hadith. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 1400 years ago, explained this hadith to us. But if we hear this hadith, we think Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is sitting amongst us, living in our time, and is commenting on the things that are happening around us. As precisely as Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa predicted, precisely we see this unfolding before our eyes. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, When people begin to cheat in business, and remember cheating in business doesn't only mean that I'm a business owner and I'm doing others down. Rather, we may be employed by somebody else. But at that time, in our employment duties, we are making khiyana, we are being disloyal, we are cheating. You also fall under the purport, under the mirror's hadith. When people will begin to cheat in business, that Allah Ta'ala will bring about famine and poverty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then as they say, the cost of living will go through the ceiling. Of the basic commodities will go through the ceiling. The cost of living will become very, very, very high. And Allah ta'ala will put such rulers, such governments over the people that will cause zulm and cause oppression upon the people. Subhanallah, sadaqah Rasulullah sallallahu As the Muslim predicted, we see it unfolding before our eyes. So my dear brothers, remember, being honest in business, Yes, you may think that I may be losing a ran or two through this deal by being honest. But let the ran, one ran or two, even be a thousand ran, even it be a million ran. But it means you being honest. Let it go. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you much more barakat in your wealth. It's mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that the two people do a deal with each other. If the two of them are true to each other, they are lucid, they are open, apparent, not hiding things. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give barakat in that sale, in that commodity, in that wealth that is made, the profit that is made, 
Allah Ta'ala give barakat in there. But when they do a deal and they lie to each other and they are not open, they are not apparent, they are not cheating, they are making zulam upon their employees, they are making zulam upon the employees. And then at that time Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will take the barakat and take the blessings away from that wealth. Even the person made a very, very large amount of profit. So my dear brothers, there are a few teachings of the Quran and Sunnah wherein the person will implement in his life to enter your home with the beating of salam to to adopt the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a person uh, to stay away from sins, to join family ties, especially to maintain good relationship with one's parents and for a person to be honest in his business dealings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us understanding.